Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast, Week 11 Preview Edition. My name is Joey Weaver. I'm a Georgia Tech grad and a Louisville fan. He is Mike McDaniel. He is a Virginia Tech grad and a Notre Dame fan. Mike, first question, are you ready for the 2017 rendition of the Tecmo Bowl? Uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's, one of those ga- it's one of these games, Joey, and, you know, as we'll get into here shortly this is coin flip week Mm -hmm. and i don't know what to think of virginia tech um you don't know what to think of georgia tech so i'm as ready as i can be for a 12 20 game on the acc network yeah Uh, doesn't exactly have the luster that we thought it was going to have but you know hey it'll still get weird we'll be texting and drinking at noon on saturday trying to figure things out but yeah I'm, i'm as ready as i can be as only true if ACC aficionados can do. Uh, Mike, the only thing this game is missing is like Adam Amin or Gus Johnson on the call that you just know something bizarre is going to happen. Um, uh, we don't have a Friday night. I mean, it's not a Friday night game. So that's really the only way it could get weirder. That is true. This is true. Um, Mike, as you mentioned, this is coin flip week. Uh, there is a lot of uncertainty in a lot of these games as far as you know which direction they could go, both in terms of the spread and just straight up outright. We're going to get to those here in just a moment. There's a couple things that we need to hit on, actually. we got some news this week in the ACC, kind of on a couple different fronts, that we're going to hit on here before we dig into the games. And first of all, Mike, one of the things that we neglected to mention in our recap episode was following the NC State-Clemson game, uh, Clemson 38, NC State 31. Dave Doran was pretty heated in the postgame press conference and pretty worked up over the fact that Clemson, I guess, had a laptop out on their sidelines. And he oh, was boy. he was demanding investigations and getting all upset <laughs> about it. Wakey Leaks Part 2. Here we go. Yeah. He was thinking it was like Wolfie Leaks or something. I don't know. Um, they, he thought that the Tigers were, were cheating over there and – uh, taking a page out of Bama's playbook or something. I don't know, Mike. But um, and, while, and while he was worried about that, Ray Ray McLeod just went seventy-seven yards for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure Clemson was cheating and therefore enabled themselves to score a punt return touchdown and make a mess of your defense at times. So, in any case, Mike, did you see this follow-up today that uh, Dabo had in his press conference? I did. I did. Um... Let's let's preface it with this. Uh, Dabo has his media availability, and the first question they ask him is, you know, has Dave Doran followed up regarding, you know, the laptop incident? Uh, Dabo says, no, of course not, but I followed instructions and went ahead to investigate. There was a major crisis going on, Joey. Do you want to know what the major crisis was? Uh, was it related to UCLA basketball players getting arrested in China? Oh, no. Not LiAngelo Ball. Um, (laughs) No, so Dabo's response was, there was a kid trying to get in touch with Amazon. We were in dire need of towels. Troll, 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 troll. That's fantastic. Yeah, so uh, Dabo doesn't need your, uh, you know, laptop BS is basically what that boiled down to. I thought this was hilarious, Mike, because Dabo in general – has not ever gotten into one of these, like, media pissing contests, so to speak. Like, he's typically the high road kind of guy. Like, he's a humble, you know, he's not calling out anybody, doesn't really get involved in all this stuff. But, like, 
I feel like Dave Dorn just like was going after him enough that now he's just like giving him the business, making fun of him basically with this whole thing. Like this is this is amazing. I love this. This is this is the kind of thing that makes us all love college football is all the nonsense, especially surrounding like media and, and jawing back and forth via the media. This is I I, I love this. More of this, and please. You know, yeah, and you know in Dabo's mind, he's like, look. They're just bitter because for the second year in a row, they couldn't beat us. Like, you had the opportunity last year, beat us with a short field goal, couldn't do it. Um, had the opportunity this year, had a lead at halftime, couldn't close it out. So, you know, in Dabo's mind, he's just playing games with Dave Doran because he knows he owns real estate in his head now, which, I, you know... If you're a coach on the college football stage and you're a division rival and, you know, two pretty good teams, you know, if you're in somebody's head, that's perfect. And Dabo knows that he now owns Dave Doran. Like, he owns the real estate in his head, and he's going to take full advantage of it. Like you said, Dabo's a high-road guy, and, you know, he's like, you know what? Dave Doran's just pissing me off just enough that I'm just going to make sure that he knows that, I think he's full of garbage. So I love Dabo. I, I'm a big Dave Doran guy as well. I think Dave Doran is way off base on this. Um, you know, your team lost because you gave up a special teams touchdown and like an 88 yard touchdown run. So, you know, play better defense and cover punts. Don't out, don't outkick your coverage on a punt um, against one of, you know, the most dangerous return men in the ACC. Uh don't have those two things happen, then maybe you'll have a better chance to win the football game. You didn't lose the game because there was a laptop on Clemson's sideline. By the way, the laptop on the sideline was actually being used for like a social media intern. Like, I now I don't know what kind of revolutionary mid-game social media productions Clemson's doing over there, but at the end of the day, it was not really anything giving them any semblance of a creative advantage or a competitive advantage or anything like that. So, um, Dave, don't worry, don't don't worry. You're not losing because Clemson's cheating on the sidelines. I promise you that much. Mike, let's move on. we got one more thing to, to hit on here. Um, so one of the weird things that's affected the ACC this year, um, three teams in particular, and that's Florida State, Miami, and Georgia Tech. Uh, Hurricane Irma blew through back in September and caused some cancellations of games, meaning that those three teams are now slated to only play an 11-game schedule this year rather than 12. Or so it was supposed to be until this week when Florida State announced that it has officially rescheduled its previously scheduled game with the University of Louisiana Monroe. Bush League. Yeah, they've rescheduled it now for ACC Championship game weekend, knowing that uh, Florida State's not going to be in the ACC Championship game. And really, Mike, what we're looking at is Florida State trying to put one more win on the schedule so that they can maybe achieve bowl eligibility somehow. Um. Not been a pretty season for the Knolls, but I mean, does this does this kind of reek of desperation to you, Mike? Like, this is interesting. This is intriguing to me that that this is what Florida State's trying to do to to manage bowl eligibility somehow. Yeah, this is uh, this is pretty low. Uh, this, in my mind, like already confirmed the fact that they have no confidence going into the Clemson game this weekend, right? Because mm-hmm. If you, the way I look at this is before you rescheduled Louisiana Monroe, you had three games left. You had Clemson this weekend on the road. Then you had Delaware State and Florida. Uh, Delaware State is obviously a winnable game, right? Um, 
Florida, believe it or not, also a winnable game because they don't know what they're doing on offense. They have no idea who their quarterback's going to be. And Randy Shannon is currently the interim head coach there. So you have a chance to win that game as well, but that only gets you to five wins. So unless you upset Clemson, that's the only way you're getting to six without this Louisiana-Monroe game. So in my mind, Florida State's already punted this Saturday, which, uh, you know, fair enough. I mean, I I don't think they're going to win anyway. Um, Yeah, it's complete Bush League. You were talking about how it's one of the stranger things to happen in the ACC this year, like with all the hurricane craziness. Where I thought you were initially going with that was one of the crazier things to happen in the ACC this year is like we're almost, you know, we're in the second weekend of November coming up and Florida State only has three wins. Uh, that that was one of the most surprising, um, one of the more surprising outcomes of the season so far and, and one that I don't think a lot of people expected. And I guess I'll pose this question to you. We've kind of like touched on this briefly, but like Florida State, right? They don't have DeAndre Francois, but like, from a win-loss perspective, like, we'll never know the answer to this, but what kind of difference do you think that makes? Like, if they have him healthy for a full year, I still think this team has major flaws. Like, offensive line's bad. Defense has been bad, like, I, I think in part because they're on the field so much. But in your opinion, like, how good is Florida State this year with DeAndre Francois? I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say they probably wouldn't be a college football playoff contender. But I think they'd probably be three to four wins better with Francois on the field. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I think you're right saying that they would not be a playoff contender with Francois. Um, the offensive line in particular is what concerns me. But Mike, I mean, I'm looking at the S&P Plus ratings for Florida State. They're 108th in the country on offense, and they're 41st yeah. on defense. Yeah. If they have if they have a top 60 offense, this is like a seven win team easily, right? Like, yeah. I agree. They don't even need to be really good on offense. They could be a little bit above average on offense and a little bit, you know, above average on defense, and that's what it would be. Now, here's the other relevant thing, I think. If you look at the defensive percentile performances, Mike, the last three games that they've played against Louisville, Boston College, and Syracuse have statistically been uh, the first, second, and fourth worst games that they've played on defense all year. And, I mean, sure, Boston College has kind of found an offense. Syracuse can be kind of dangerous. Louisville's okay. But when you've also gone up against teams like Miami and NC State and Alabama and your defense did better against those teams, that's what tells me that this defense is quitting right now. Um, So I I think that if if the defense was getting more support from the offense, I think this is a totally different discussion. I think it's better than a top 40 defense. It's a top 20, maybe top 15 defense. And at that point, with even an above-average offense, you're talking about an eight or nine-win team, which is what you would expect from Florida State in a rebuilding, you know, rough kind of year. Yeah, so. yeah, but even like even that would have been a disappointment. Like considering where they were at, I mean, they were preseason top three, right? They were like number two or number three in the country, depending on what poll you looked at. I think both like, of us picked them to win the conference and go to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely did, and I picked DeAndre Francois to be Player of the Year, as you well know, and like that's. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like, we probably should have had a little bit more trust in Clemson and Dabo, and I'll keep that in the back of my mind for, like, I don't know, next year. But, um, yeah, like, Florida State, I think a lot of people expect him to be a lot better than this. Like, injury be damned. Like, this is probably an eight or nine win team if Francois is in the fold. But, you know, that would have been a disappointment considering where a lot of people were expecting him to be. Yeah, very true. 
I mean, I think ultimately what we found out is that there are there are inherent issues and flaws with this team that we weren't expecting coming in. The two that stick out in my mind being the offensive line and then special teams play has been really rough for Florida State this year. Um, and so those are things that I don't think we could have predicted. Now, finding that out week one, week two against Alabama, NC State, you know, I, I get that. And um, so maybe they're, maybe they're, yeah, coming out eight or nine wins. But that's, even that's way more palatable, I think, for Knowles fans than rescheduling the ULM game to try to get bowl eligibility. <laughs> to try like, to get bowl eligibility being three and five. In November. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's leave it at that. It's yeah. pretty bad. It's dire dire times desperate times call for desperate measures so by the way I, that, you know the, the maybe the most you know okay so sure there's clemson that's obviously the worst game on the schedule left the next most intimidating game is the florida game like that game will not be a sight for sore eyes do not watch that football yeah, game don't please, do that to yourself please avoid I, that it's that's yeah please you don't do that to you yourself. deserve better mike you i mean I, well I, yeah i i agree i mean i won't be watching it I I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, Mike, I need yeah, you to take I mean, care of yourself. Do not watch that game. I yeah, not gonna do it. Don't worry. I'll uh, I'll watch like Wake Forest and I don't know who Wake Forest plays that weekend, but mm. it has it has to be better than Florida State, Florida. Would that be like Wake Duke weekend or something? I don't know. Yeah, Barbara that sounds Ruby. weird. That sounds weird. I'd probably watch that. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, Florida State's now has, you know, Florida, Delaware State, Louisiana Monroe, and Clemson in no particular order in the final four games. Uh, two FCS schools, well, Louisiana Monroe is just, you know, they, they might as well be. It's one of those situations here. I mean, Florida State's got two really, really bad opponents to try to make bowl eligibility, and then they got to split with Clemson and Florida and in my mind, I mean, if you already reschedule UL Monroe, it's because you know that this Clemson game is not going to go your way, which, uh, not a great look. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, that's going to be a mess. Sorry, Florida State. On to the coin flips. Yes, Mike, okay, we need to move on and preview these games. And so, as we've mentioned, this is coin flip week. Um, I think we have established... The last few weeks that uh, we don't really have a very good idea of what the hell is going to happen in the ACC in any given week. Um, we're not idiots. We're we no- promise we're not idiots. Yeah, we're not idiots. It's just that there is not a whole lot of consistency for much of anybody at the, in the league at this point. And so, Mike, I, I've asked you to bring something on the podcast tonight. Um, do, you, do you have that item that I asked you to acquire? Why, yes, I did, in fact, bring my own guts. Can, no, can you... I- <laughs> I yeah I know sorry I brought a quarter can you can you describe this quarter to me yeah I can because we're a podcast not a video show so absolutely (laughs) um I have a 2003 Illinois state quarter Ooh. and I'm going to flip this you know one two three four five six seven eight times for each game um and we're just going to figure out what's what Joey that's what we're going to do yeah so I have a I have a penny a uh it, it's bronze or copper or whatever metal the hell damn it i'm a bad citizen this is copper and it has <laughs> abraham lincoln staring at me and it was made in 2012 um Ooh, fresh here's the problem mike is that this is a really small coin i'm probably going to lose it at some point in this podcast so if you hear some like clanging and stuff and me digging in my wallet to get another coin out that's i've lost the penny uh, yeah or i'll yeah or i'll just flip twice and 
wants for you. Throwing it out there. If we have to. Yeah, just establishing it up front. But here's the thing, Mike. So here, like, literally, no joke, what we were going to do for each of these games, because I I think there's maybe one of them throughout here that you feel really, really good about who's going to win, much less what's going to happen against the spread. Which doesn't mean anything, by the way. We called Miami over North Carolina, when Miami being, what, 20.5 point favorites a couple weeks ago. We called that the lock of the year. So Mm -hmm. these mean nothing in the grand scheme. But anyway, continue. So what we're going to do for each of these games, Mike, is we're going to flip these coins and we need to establish up front, you know, so I think what I'm going to say is that if my coin comes up heads, I'm going to pick the favorite. If it comes up tails, I will pick the dog and whatever it comes up as I'm going to use as my pick and I'm going to establish a position for why I'm picking that because I really believe you could pick these either way and have a good reason to pick them either way. Um, Cool. Are you going to join me with favorites and underdogs or are you gonna go yeah away or i think i think i'll do i think i'll do favorites and underdogs and just join you just for the sake of simplicity at this point so um heads will pick the favorite uh tails will be the underdog i have to write this down here for those of you who are listening um we're a very sophisticated podcast and i write (laughs) stuff down on a piece of printer paper because this is kind of the state of where we're at okay favorite underdog and God help us. All right, here we go. Mike, first game, as is tradition, there's a, there's a Thursday night game. We will not be starting with that one this week, as we will be starting with the Tecmo Bowl, Mike. The number 17 Virginia Tech Hokies are on the road in Atlanta at Bobby Dodd Stadium against my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets at 1220 on the ACC Network. Uh, both teams coming off of really disappointing losses kind of in their own uh, in their own way here. Um I, as with any of these games on here, I don't know that either of us really knows what to expect. We established that earlier that we were just missing like Gus Johnson or something calling this game. Um, so, Mike, here's I'm going to go ahead and flip this coin and see what we come up with. I almost missed it. Heads or tails? It is tails. I'm going with the dog, Mike. I'm going, going with, with the Georgia dog. Tech. There you go. Going with your team. That works out well, huh? Yes. All right, so why is Georgia Tech going to win this game? All right, first of all, Virginia Tech letdown spot. Coming off a a loss to Miami, they got a little bit embarrassed on national television. Josh Jackson's a little beat up from a physical game. Georgia Tech is pissed off after losing two in a row to Clemson and then a letdown to Virginia last week. They were coming home where they've played really well this year. Uh, They played really well last year against Virginia Tech, uh, particularly moving the ball up the middle which is what they've done really well this year with Taquan Marshall and Curvante Benson. Uh, the weather is not supposed to be rainy. Taquan Marshall's been a whole lot better in the sunlight. So, Mike, we're going with Georgia Tech to cover three, and hell, give them to me outright. Uh, Holy hell. Here I'm, we go. I, look, give me my Yellow Jackets. They're going to come away with the win here. Two in a row in the Tecmo Bowl and uh, redeem themselves for a rough loss last week. Let's go Georgia Tech outright uh, 27-24. Oh, God. My turn. Here we go. Oh, and it's heads. Of course. This and is rigged. it's heads. This is rigged, Mike. This is rigged. We rigged it. All right. <laughs> Sorry. We're cheating. Sure. Wakey leaks. Uh, <laughs> B- BC Podcast ACC leaks. Yeah, there you um, go. Okay, that rolls so, off the tongue. Yeah. But hell no. All right. So, Virginia Tech's a three-point favorite. I don't know how. <laughs> so, let's start with that. Uh... Anyway, I get to pick my Hokies, right? Cool. Uh, that should be easy to defend, right? Sure. Because every, t- every time they play a good team, they seem to show up, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, something like that. 
Uh, they've done that once this year against West Virginia. It was the opener. Um, that went okay. And then they played Clemson, and then they played Miami, and got, for lack of a better term, boat raced in both of those games. Uh, even though they like gave off the impression or the aura that they were going to be competitive, but whatever. Uh, why will the Hokies win? Uh, rushing defense has been pretty solid this year, right? Um, are you able to slow down to Quan Marshall, Cervante Benson? You guys got a million freaking running backs. Whatever. Are you able to stop them? Uh, Hokies did a pretty decent job with Travis Homer. Uh, he had that one 60-plus yard touchdown run last week. But other than that, 13 carries for 31 yards. He referenced that in the recap. Uh, Hokies have done a pretty decent job this year against the run. Stopping the run goes a long way in beating Georgia Tech. As you know, Joey, I think the Hokies will be able to stop the run this Saturday on the road. Um, I, th I think it's a bounce-back spot, not a letdown spot for Josh Jackson and the Hokies. I'll take the Hokies to win and cover three. Um, I don't know what the final score will be, but, yeah, they'll win and cover. What the hell? I'll go with the Hokies. I'll be pulling hard for them anyway, obviously, so might as well just pick them. Plus, <laughs> it came up with heads on the coin, so I got to defend my spot. Here and we go. Mike, I will reiterate that as conveniently as this all turned out for the both of us to pick our own teams, like, honestly, I flipped a coin, it came out tails. You flipped a coin, it came out heads. This is... We are we are nothing. We are about nothing, if not honesty, on this podcast. Like. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. And I also don't feel good about that pick at all. By the way, like I have no idea what's going to happen with this game. Well, um, I tell you what, when you make a pick on this podcast that you do feel good about, let me know, and we'll we'll, we'll establish when that happens. Sweet, I'll catch you next season, Joey. There you <laughs> um, go. Yeah. Um, for what it's worth, Mike, there's there's a weird stat that under Paul Johnson, Georgia Tech is like. Four and one against Virginia Tech on Saturdays, and zero oh and five I think against or like or maybe it's zero oh and four whatever. They're winless on days that are not Saturdays. So if this is ever played on a Thursday or the time it was played on a Monday on Labor Day, they've never won the game. And Virginia Tech can barely ever beat Georgia Tech on Saturdays. So I don't know what that's worth. Sounds uh, like Saturdays are for the jackets. Is what yeah. it sounds like. Uh, yeah, I'll go with that. Um. Georgia Tech is 0-3 this year in games decided by four points or less and 4-1 in games decided by more. Um, I don't know, Mike. I've got, I don't have a really good feel for this game whatsoever. There's some weirdness surrounding it, and you should really just be prepared for anything to happen. Um, so keep your eyes Fair. glued to the ACC network at 12.20 p.m. on Saturday. <laughs> good Lord. That's going to get weird. Yeah. Um, so should we start pouring the bourbon now or what? I mean, it's... Have you, you know, not it's started? <laughs> it's Tuesday night at around 11 o'clock Eastern time. So, uh, yeah, I got like four days. <laughs> the tailgate starts now, Mike. Oh, good God. Okay, next game. Let's move I on, Mike, to the, uh, the, the uh, middle card event of the tailgate. Thursday night, we're going back in time here, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN, the North Carolina Tar Heels, or what's left of them, traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the Panthers, who are a nine-point home favorite on ESPN. Good God. This game a year ago was like the Coastal Division Championship game or something you know comparable or close to it. Um, this year it is like Pitt trying to salvage bowl eligibility against the carcass of North Carolina, like – 
man, this thing has gone downhill for them pretty badly. They're maybe trying to salvage something. But, uh, Mike, all right, going to flip here. See what we get. Heads or tails? The pick is tails again. I'm going with the dog, Ooh. Mike. Going with the ta- – oh, man, you got to defend the Tar Heels. I'm North so Carolina plus nine. Okay. <laughs> no. this, this was the most daring underdog pick on the board, I think. Good God. I okay. hope I don't get that too. All right. Tar Heels plus nine. Let's go. Uh, put a scare into Miami two weeks ago. Um, let's see. Hang on. They were off last week, so they're coming off a bye week, I believe, as are the uh, Panthers. Um Here's the thing. If there's one thing that North Carolina does okay on offense, it's throw the ball around. Is that fair? That would be fair. If there's one thing that we've never really seen Pittsburgh do well in the life of this podcast, it's play in the secondary. Um, so, so, fair. so give me Chaz Surratt and or Nathan Elliott, and I really hope that Brandon Harris does not have to play in this game because he will not carve up any secondary Maybe even at the FCS level, I don't know if he could do that. But oh no, if, I feel like at this point, like most advocates, like most people in Brandon Harris's corner is probably like, yeah, well, maybe you should pursue something other than sports. Yeah, like, don't do this quarterbacking thing anymore. He, I mean, they could do with him what Louisville did with Reggie Bonifon and move him to like wide receiver or running back because he's pretty good with the ball. It's just when he starts throwing it is when things go to hell really quickly. Um. Mike, give me North Carolina to cover. God. Um, but Pittsburgh to win outright by a touchdown. Uh, we'll go Panthers 31-24. Whatever. Oh, no. Yeah, whatever. All right. Here Your we turn. Go. My turn. Oh, no. Drop the, drop the coin. Let me reflip. <laughs> it's heads. <laughs> Damn it, Mike. <laughs> I'm really screwing this up. Uh, this is good. Because One of us is going to like go over this week. <laughs> I feel I feel great about this so far. Pittsburgh is better. Well, I, I say so far loosely because I don't feel good about the last game we picked. I feel good <laughs> about this one, though. Pittsburgh is better than North Carolina. Um, I don't know by how much. Like Pitt found a running game. North Carolina can't stop a nosebleed. Uh, North Carolina's entire team's hurt. Hopefully they have Chaz Surratt back at quarterback, but really I don't know how much that helps. Uh, he can throw it a little bit. Pittsburgh secondary is garbage. Uh, this should be a really ugly game. It's something to pass the time on your Thursday. I'll certainly be watching it because things are absolutely going to get weird. Uh, Pittsburgh wins. I, uh, I don't really trust them to cover because they suck. And North Carolina also sucks, but... I think Pittsburgh wins, so I'll take North Carolina to cover, Pitt to win, and we'll just we'll roll with that. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I've been wrong a lot, so it's just whatever. That's fine. I'm trying to see, Mike. I think Chaz Surratt is gonna be healthy in this game. I th- or you know at least he'll play. I don't, I don't know that he'll be fully healthy. Hot um, take. Is that a good thing? Like probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll go with the guy that, I mean, has been playing all year. That's I think that's probably a good thing. The problem is if Brandon Harris is healthy and available, because that's what they'll go to next, and he will start throwing interceptions like it is his job, Mike. It is his job. It, that's yeah. what he's good at. And it's he's been job. pretty good at his job so far. Um, and Larry Fedora's been fine with him throwing interceptions. I mean, he keeps putting him in, so. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think uh, okay. I think Chaz Rat's playing. So let's yeah. Okay, fine. Yes. ACC conspiracy theories is Larry Fedora putting Brandon Harrison because he's shaving points. Ooh, that's probably not. That is a uh, that's a hell of a Watergate thing to uncover. <laughs> yeah, let's let me go ahead and just shoot that down immediately. Did say, Larry no, that's Fedora not what's happening? Did Larry Fedora recruit Brandon Harris from LSU so that he could shave points with him? He, I think he knew oh, what he was man. getting into. Brandon Harris is in on it, and they also started WikiLeaks. Mm. There you go. Conspiracy theory. There's all sorts of shady stuff going on in the triangle up there, Mike. A lot. Of, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to unpack there, so let's just leave it at that. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Mike, let's move on. Uh, headliner game of the weekend, and, and really yes. in, in the ACC as well as college football as a whole, 8 p.m. on ABC, the number three Notre Dame Fighting Irish are a three-point road favorite and America's team of the week as they travel to Coral Gables and take on the number seven still undefeated Miami Hurricanes. Go Irish. Go Irish. Yeah, you're you're a Notre Dame fan. I'm gonna I'm gonna support your cause this week. Um, I'm not even gonna not even gonna hide it. Just go yeah, Irish. I'm I'm just trying to be a supportive podcast partner, Mike. That's I'm here for your support and to, to be your support system. So yeah, let's go Irish. I will cheer them on with you. Nothing against Miami, of course. Um, Mike, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you do the honors first on this game on uh, flipping your coin and picking how this game turns please. out. <laughs> please, please be heads. Please be heads for a third straight time. And it's heads. Damn it! That's a it, yes. Mike. Is this like one of these uh, two-faced coins that's heads on both sides? So this is this sorry. Is spoiler alert. So, yeah. So for for all you out there listening, I keep showing Joey in the webcam because we coordinate over Skype. Um, I keep showing him in the webcam that it is coming up as heads, so he knows I'm not cheating. Um, I think you have a double-sided great. coin, Mike. I think it's the same on both sides. Here we go. Let's let's clear that up right now. So there's the heads. Mm-hmm. There's the tails. That's what we're dealing with. I don't know, Mike. Skype's kind of blurry. Yeah. I'd, uh, conspiracy theorist. Anyways, keep going. Yeah, okay. Um, look, Miami's rushing defense is... Uh, uh, they leave something to be desired. I think if you had to pick one area of Miami's defense that is worse than the other, I believe it's a rushing defense. Um Anyway, Notre Dame's rushing offense is really freaking good. Assuming Josh Adams plays in this football game, uh, you know, he's a handful. He's a Heisman candidate. Got Brandon Wimbush, a quarterback, dual threat. Uh, he's been throwing the ball a little bit better. Uh, you know, he's been reading through his progressions well. This is going to be a tough road test. I mean, if Miami plays like they do last weekend, they can play with any team in the country. I think mm -hmm. that's pretty clear, and... Uh, you know, Notre Dame has been playing maybe the best football out of anybody in the country the last, I don't know, say six or seven weeks. Uh, I think the Irish are for real. I'm not just saying that because I'm a fan. I just think they're extremely imposing up front. The offensive line has been fantastic. They got a great defensive front as well. It's been one of the most improved units in all of college football, that defensive side of the ball, uh, primarily in the front seven. Uh, Miami completely overwhelmed Virginia Tech last weekend. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball because the Hurricanes had better athletes up front than Virginia Tech had on the offensive line. I don't think that's still the case this weekend. Notre Dame, if it's not the best offensive line in college football, it's like one of the two or three best offensive lines in college football. So will Miami be able to overwhelm Notre Dame's offensive line to the degree that they were able to overwhelm Virginia Tech? I mean, gut feeling says no. 
it really comes down to in this game for me whether or not Notre Dame can run the football. I think they can because they've done it against everybody they've played. Um, they've they've gone up against pretty good rushing defenses in Michigan State, a decent one in USC. NC State's was sixth nationally when they played them a couple of weeks ago, and they ran all over them. Um, Notre Dame had a lot of success last weekend, obviously, against Wake Forest. They went for over 700 total yards. Assuming Josh Adams is healthy, and even if he's not, um, you know, the Irish have a bunch of solid running backs behind him and are, are able to move the ball. If Notre Dame can run the ball in this game, uh, it's going to be difficult for Miami. I couple that with the fact that Malik Rozier hasn't been great. Uh, they've benefited from big plays. They've been a big play offense. I do anticipate Miami will you know, be able to get a big play or two in this game on Notre Dame's defense um, because the Irish defense has been so imposing up front, but they do have a tendency to give up a big play here and there. I think Miami will look to that as their source of offense because that's what they've been going for all year without Mark Walton. But I think ultimately, at the end of the day, Notre Dame's defense is too good, and I think the offense is too good for Miami in this football game. Um, I'm once again going with the more consistent team. Of course, I had the coin flip for Notre Dame. I'm a Notre Dame fan, as we mentioned at the beginning of all of our podcasts. But I think Notre Dame is better on better and more consistent on both sides of the football. So I'm going to take them to win this game. They're only a three-point favorite, so I think I'll take them to cover. But Miami should keep this thing close at home. Um, I was really impressed with how they played last weekend. So, uh, you know, all bets are off as far as the Hurricanes are concerned. Um, I'm, I'm sold on them being a good football team when they're clicking. Uh, they're a good fo- football team anyway, but they can be great when they're clicking on all cylinders. And it should be a great football game on Saturday night. But I'll take Notre Dame to win and to cover in this spot because they're only a field goal favorite, and that's good enough for me. Mike, how do you feel about this total of 57.5? Yeah, so I was I was literally just looking at that. I was trying to think about whether or not I wanted to wind this into what I was saying. Um, how do I feel about it? Uh, I think it's about right. Um, the reason why I think that is because both teams force turnovers. Um, so while I think Notre Dame and Miami can both be explosive and put points on the board in this game, I do think the defenses will make enough plays to keep this relatively lower scoring. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'd probably take the under, but I wouldn't feel great about it. 57.5 sounds really, really close to right for me anyway when watching these two teams play I mean I I don't know it's a weird line but it sounds right that's fair yeah I think I I would probably leave that alone I I could kind of see it going either way I could see this being a bit of a shootout I could see this being a defensive slog Um, I I don't really totally know what to make of this Mike I'm gonna flip and if I get tails again I'm probably gonna change coins so here goes nothing. Here we go. Here we go. Heads or tails? Heads. Yes. There go it is. Irish. Yes. There it is. Go Irish. All right. You got it. I am um, worried about this being a letdown spot for Miami. Um, big emotional primetime win last week. Uh, they finally really proved themselves after people tell them that they're not any good all year. I think they might have been reading their own press clippings a little bit. They might, you know, be a little unfocused in practice to a certain degree. 
they don't seem to be happy about their college football playoff ranking either, by the way. Yeah, there's that. A um, bit of a distraction to some degree. Um, I've also talked about how basically at this point, I feel like anytime I pick Notre Dame to beat anybody, it is not a knock on that team as much as a, uh, a statement of what I think of Notre yep. Dame. I'd agree with that. I think Notre Dame is a legitimate playoff team this year, and I think that they're going to be able to get it done in this game. Um, running the ball in particular, as physical as they can be, I don't know that Miami has seen an equivalently physical rushing attack, and probably the two closest things that they would have seen were the games against Florida State and Georgia Tech, which they won by a combined five points. And I think it would be very easy to argue that Notre Dame is a much better team than either one of those is, um, it's even, even at running the ball better than Georgia Tech is for sure. Um, I am also a little concerned about Miami's ability to get stuff going in the run game against Notre Dame's defense. Um, I'm not fully sold on the dominance of Miami's offensive line at times. Um, Travis Homer's week by week results have kind of been diminishing in terms of, you know, yards per carry average. The thing that Miami is going to have to do to stay in this game is, A, as you've mentioned, force turnovers. They've been really good at that. Um, create short fields for their offense and maybe steal points here or there. Maybe get a defensive score or something to that effect. And, B, what they did last week against Virginia Tech to give them a lot of success was create big plays. Um, get guys like Amon Richards, Braxton Berrios, Daryl Langham, Travis Homer, DJ Dallas, any of those guys. Get them in space and create points. And then I question their defense, how much they'll, they'll react to the physicality of Notre Dame's rushing attack. Um, I think what you have to do is, is match them on the lines and then get your linebackers freed up to basically force Notre Dame to throw the ball around a whole bunch. Um, I think that they have the ability to do that. I don't know if they will definitely do that or not. Um, Ultimately, Miami, again, playing under the lights at home, they typically do well with that. They play well in big spots, but I think Notre Dame is too much. I think Notre Dame is exceptionally good this year. And um, so, yeah, Mike, I'm with you. Uh, the coin said, and I'm going to stick with that, Notre Dame covers three. I don't think this is like a blowout type of situation, but I'll take the Irish. Uh, we'll go 31-27. to 27. Let's go 31-27. So fairly close, yep. but Notre Dame covers. Stays within a touchdown. It's not a referendum on Miami, by the way. Like, if you lose to Notre Dame, what is there to be ashamed of? Other than they're all going to be, all their fans are going to be pissed because they lost to Notre Dame. Like, mm -hmm. what is there to be really ashamed of? Like, this is, yeah, I, I think you put it best. Like, this is an exceptional football team this year. So, it's either going to be a really, 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 really outstanding win for Miami. They're, like, their best win of the year or it's going to be a loss to a team that's better. I, I think those are the two outcomes. Like, I don't think you come away from this game, regardless of how well or poorly Miami plays, Like, I don't think you come away from this game if Notre Dame wins, saying, like, Miami's not any good. Like, Notre Dame just rolled them. Like, I, if Notre Dame rolls Miami in this game, I'm not going to come away from it saying, yeah, Miami's not any good. I'm going to come away from it saying they lost to a better football team. Miami's still good. They are going, you know, they've all but locked up the Coastal. Like, they're going to have their opportunity still. Uh, this is a do-or-die game for Notre Dame. Uh, every week is at this point because they have one loss already. Uh, for Miami, this is an excellent opportunity. I mean, you beat Notre Dame, has nothing, you know, outside of conference play. You're going to have an excellent 
opportunity, um, regardless of whether or not you beat or lose to Notre Dame. Like, if you keep this respectable and you lose to Notre Dame by less than a touchdown and you go on to win the ACC championship game, that might be enough to get you in still. So the Hurricanes just have to try to play well and then see what happens. And I think they can get the job done anyway. Um, but even if they don't, I don't think it's necessarily like a referendum on their season. Uh, it's amazing how the perception changes after you see them play well in a big spot last Saturday against Virginia Tech. Because I and you were too. I mean, I was one of the biggest critics of Miami heading into last, heading really into last weekend against Virginia Tech, and they came up huge in a big spot. And now all of a sudden we're sitting here talking about Miami in a much different way because they played well against what we think is a good team in Virginia Tech. So if they do that again against Notre Dame, like we're working with something here for Miami, that's for sure. Absolutely. Mike, if if Miami beats Notre Dame here, this isn't their biggest win of the year. This is their biggest win since like Larry Coker was the head coach. Yeah, this is one of the biggest, biggest win wins in a decade. In the last, like a decade, yeah, like the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, it would be huge for the program. Uh this they they got a big recruiting weekend too. Um I you know, I was looking at like State of the U, Cam Underwood and we have him on here frequently. They have a <laughs> lot of big time like unofficial visits this weekend. Um, and they did last weekend as well. But there's there's some big-time recruits that are going to be at this game. And you know Notre Dame recruits a lot of the similar athletes that Miami recruits as well. Like, they're they're all four- and five-star guys. So this is a big weekend for the Hurricanes and a big opportunity at home to maybe wow some recruits as well, which does matter if you're able to win on a big stage again for a second week in a row. For sure. Last thing, Mike. I said 31-27. That's 58 points. Totals fifty seven and a half. Over. So and well, barely over, but again, careful with that total. That could kinda of go any number of ways. That could be like a twenty to ten game too. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, you know, I'm definitely knows. Yeah, I'm not touching that. Leave it alone. Mike, let's move on. Noon on ABC and ESPN two, depending on where you are. In the ACC footprint, it'll pretty much be on ABC. The number 23 NC State Wolfpack on the road in Chestnut Hill to take on the absolute buzzsaw known as Boston College and Steve Adazio and his dudes. <laughs> the buzzsaw. Yeah, Mike. They, hey, that offense is just pounding people right now. So the um, Scott, the Scott Leffler juggernaut offense. <laughs> yeah, the Scott Leffler special over there. Um, so. Mike, but here's the weird thing is that we're laughing at Boston College like some phony team and blah, 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 blah. NC State's only a three-point favorite. They're laying less than a touchdown on the road here. Weird things. Weird things. Not far from being like a straight pick Um. Whew. Okay. This is this will be an adventure. So I've got back on the head. So this this coin can, can fly in any direction. So let's find out. Heads again. All right. Sweet. Uh, you lucked out. I did luck out. Uh, Wolfpack covers three here. Boston College is a phony a little bit. Um, the Wolfpack defense is going to be too talented, too fast. They will overwhelm Boston College's offensive line. And uh, basically, they're, Boston College is kind of unable to throw the ball anyways. But when you got Bradley Chubb and them boys getting after you, uh, that's going to be a, a lost cause, I think. Um, rushing the ball, maybe you get something going. But I think A.J. Dillon's pretty well bottled up. Again, NC State's probably their biggest weakness is in the secondary, and uh, I just don't think that Boston College is the team that's going to be able to expose that by any stretch of the imagination. Um, meanwhile, Ryan Finley, I think, going to have a big day bouncing back from uh, back-to-back losses against Notre Dame and Clemson. Um, 
the passing attack should be pretty overwhelming for Boston College's defense, I think. There's just too many weapons there with Jalen Samuels, uh, not to mention Naeem Hines and Reggie Gillespie coming out of the back backfield. Um, I think NC State can win this game pretty easily, maybe by like two touchdowns or something. So give me the Wolfpack, uh, 35-17. Please be heads. Please be heads. <laughs> Please be heads. It's tails, son of a... Oh, here we go. Oh, Mike no. picking the dog. I got to pick Boston College. Okay. Um, okay, so let me put this as an aside. My money this weekend, like this Saturday, my money will be on NC State to win and cover. So let me just get that out of the way first. But your but, money tonight says Boston but College. But my money Mike. tonight says Boston College. And my money long, as some famous rapper said. <laughs> um, so... BC, uh, they run the ball really well, and NC State's rushing defense be damned. Like, they didn't play well against Notre Dame's rushing attack, so hey, like, maybe A.J. Dillon will go off too. Um, Boston College is going to call up Matt Ryan and see what he's doing on Saturday night because they're going to have to throw the ball to win in this game. Um, maybe Anthony Brown can use some pointers from the former BC star. Uh, the Boston College defense is going to create some turnovers and they're going to stop the run of NC State because Naheem Hines is less than 100%. That's something I think could happen, by the way. I think Boston College will actually be able to stop NC State's rushing attack and make Ryan Finley beat them through the air. Um, And I think BC will turn NC State over enough to win the game, Joey. So there you go. That's how Boston College wins and covers. Mike, you're you're a drinker, um, right? Yeah, yeah. You like enough. a cold beer? <laughs> Not enough, apparently, because I just picked Boston College. I, uh, yeah, I I like a cold beer. Yeah. All right, you go buy a cold beer. How much you pay for that cold beer? Uh, you know, three bucks, hopefully, Jeez. in an ideal world. Where are you drinking? Yeah. Uh, Blacksburg. Yeah, college bars. That would explain yeah. a lot. <laughs> college bars if Mike. i go in dc it's like six bucks a beer yeah so okay so let's imagine that you go out in dc with your your coworkers and you buy a beer for six bucks what if i told you that you could give me that beer and i would give you a dollar bill and a ticket to the boston college nc state game this week are you kidding me you're kidding me 643 tickets available for oh, five dollars no. oh no five biggins <laughs> no would get you into Alumni Stadium oh, no. this weekend. Wow, that's pretty pathetic. Because yeah. NC State's a good... I mean, NC State's a good team. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Just throwing that out there. There's another game that is equally priced on this schedule, and we will talk about that momentarily. Here we go. By you know way, what you call that? You know what you call that in this business? Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. It's <laughs> a good radio tease, Mike. Uh by the way, Boston College playing with confidence. Winners of four of their last five. Uh, only lost in there to Virginia Tech. But other than that, they've beaten Louisville, Virginia, Florida State, and Central Michigan. Not a single good team in the bunch. So. I don't know, Mike. <laughs> there's, there's some dudes. Boston College, some dudes. They might get it done. Saturdays for the dudes. Speaking the of uh, inappropriate behavior, uh, Florida State on the road at 3.30 p.m. on ESPN taking on the number four Clemson Tigers, Mike. A game that prior to the year, I think Clemson was slated as like a two-point home favorite, and now they are a 16-point home favorite. Oh, how the tables have turned. Yeah, imagine that Clemson has gained two touchdowns on the Knolls since the season started. Um, 
So now I would tell you though that as much as I uh, as much as it seems pretty obvious what's going to happen in this game to a certain degree, I would feel better about picking Florida State to cover in this game than I felt about UNC covering against Pittsburgh. However, the magic of the coin says I had to pick UNC there. So without further ado, I'm going back to the magic of the coin and let's find out my pick of this week. Please be tails. Please be tails. Please be tails. <sighs> Mike, it's tails. <laughs> yes. All right, here we go. Knowles, Knowles covering 16 here. All right, so we've established that Florida State has played like how? garbage for about a Tell month now. Tell me how. Now. Tell me how. Okay, Florida State played like trash for about a month now. Um, Clemson coming off back-to-back exciting wins, I guess, after a loss to Syracuse. They had a win at home over Georgia Tech in the rain, and then they had a big win last week on the road against NC State. Uh, they are con- they are basically dismissing Florida State at this point because everybody knows that Florida State's kind of trash. So, not going to get your best, you know, least or you're not going to get your best effort. It might be a little lackadaisical maybe from Clemson. Okay. Florida State, this is their Super Bowl, I think. This is the toughest team left on their schedule by a, a long shot, way better sure than Florida not, is. Are you sure it's not Louisiana Monroe? Uh, I mean, they have to be in contention now for what that's worth. Got um, Bush League. Anyway. I no, think Florida sorry. State, especially on defense, but to a certain degree, maybe some of the offensive skill players, there's going to be scouts everywhere in the stands, Mike. They're going to be looking to put on a show on a, on a stage here, you know, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN. That's a, a good viewership there. I think Florida State's going to put full effort in here. Clemson might have a little bit of a letdown to a certain degree. Give me Florida State to cover 16. Uh, but Clemson still wins outright pretty comfortably. Let's call it um, 38-24. No, no, no. Florida State's not scoring 24 points in this game. Uh, let's go 31-17. Florida State okay. covers, but Clemson still wins comfortably. All right. Coin flip. It's heads. <laughs> ha! It's Wait, Mike, did I make an illegal pick by picking Florida State, which uh, I told you I was not going to do the rest of the season? <laughs> yeah, you did. And Damn it. Kinda, yeah, you kind of – yeah, that was a that was a backdoor uh, pick spot for you because you had to. You had no choice. What did I do I got, to deserve this? Anyways, keep going. Yeah. Um, I think Clemson wins this game, and I think that's all they do. I think Florida State covers. A lot of people are going to be surprised by that, but – I've lost a lot of money on Clemson uh, this year because I've picked them to cover big spreads. And 16 points against a team with a bunch of athletes is a big spread to me. I don't care how bad Florida State's been all year. Uh, Clemson's playing great football. I think they'll be out in front and be leading this thing comfortably. I mean, what the hell do I know? But that's what I think. Um, And, you know, I think Florida State will have a couple of opportunities to kind of stay in this game you know maybe they force a turnover here and there maybe they make a big play on offense but you know what I think ultimately happens in this football game is Clemson kind of jumps out to a pretty big lead Florida State maybe backdoor covers um so give me Clemson to win Florida State to cover here man Um, you're going against the coin flip I'm going uh not uh not really. <laughs> I mean, I I picked the favorite to win still. Just okay. Difficult. It's difficult, man. I 
that's a big that's a big line. I mean, Florida State, they're bad, but they still got players, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot of points. Yeah, now, I'm still picking. I'm still picking the Tigers. So, okay, give me that. fair enough. Fair enough. Give me that. Yeah, it should be interesting to see how this one goes. Um, some there there are certain opponents out there that. Like, I look at Georgia Tech, and Clemson is really not in the habit of blowing out Georgia Tech, um, even in totally lopsided games. Like, I think of, of last year's game of Clemson against Georgia Tech. It was hardly competitive after, like, the midway point of the first quarter. Clemson won by 19. That's not like a conventional, just total, you know, blow the doors off a team blowout. Right. Yeah, not at all. Now, I don't know why I bring that up, because I think that they would gladly blow the doors off of Florida State given the opportunity. So maybe they do, and maybe they are excited for this. But um, sure, we'll go Florida State to cover. What the hell? We'll see. Mike, moving on, we got three more games. Um, we're going to start out 3 p.m. on the ACC Network. The Wake Forest Steam and Deacons on the road in the Carrier Dome against the Syracuse Orange. The Orange, a one-point home favorite. That surprises Ooh, me a little bit. That surprises me too. That's a little saucy. That's a little disrespectful towards uh, the uh, the Dave Clawson and, and all of his crew. Um, am I am I able to maybe like I don't know like highly root for this to be heads? Maybe you could. Yeah, maybe? sure. Okay. Um, and in fact, Mike, I'll let you do the honors, and I'll let you flip first on this one if that's if you're good for that. I'll flip first. I actually kind of like Syracuse in this game. So wait, hold on. Here we go. Oh boy, I got to reflip, dude. I didn't catch that one. <laughs> and it's heads. There you go. Uh, I've You've gotten now, heads on like I've damn near heads. every pick. In this. Yeah. So this is uh, this is our sixth game, right? I'm five out of six on heads. Wow. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah, so Syracuse has been the Eric Dungy show for the better part of the last, I don't know, two years. Future ACC um, Player of the Year. Yes, your your boy. Um, I like Wake Forest a lot, Joey. I do. I like their team. I like them. I like Wolford, uh, the Wolford Wagon, as it's referred to on the solid verbal. Um, mm-hmm. I like Dave Clawson a lot. I think he's a great coach. Um, one of those guys that's extremely underrated. Matt Colburn at running back you know, was decent last weekend against Notre Dame. So a lot of reasons to like Wake Forest. I like Syracuse a little more. Uh, Syracuse has uh, Steve Ishmael and Irv Phillips on the outside, you know, two of the best receivers in the ACC. And Eric Dungy absolutely peppers them with passes, which is great because they're very explosive with the balls in their hands. Um, Phrasing there. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Yeah, I just, you know, I think Syracuse is the more explosive team offensively. Um, I think Wake Forest can put it together for a full four quarters on a more consistent basis than Syracuse can. But because of Syracuse's offense and because of what they're able to do, um, I like them to win and cover anyway. So I'm glad that it turned out to be heads here for me, Joey, because I like Syracuse to win this game. I am now the resident Wake Forest hater. I mean, that's nothing new. It's we also not really that. that. Yeah, it's it's really also not that true either. I like Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. I spent the first forty seconds there talking about how great they were. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think Syracuse wins this thing at home. Not a pl- not an easy place to play there at the Carrier Dome, as you know, as Clemson. 
It is not. Um, Syracuse is, by the way, four and one at home this year. Uh, their only loss came to the juggernaut known as the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders uh, back in week two. However, as you mentioned, they have won against Pitt and Clemson already in uh, conference play at home. So, uh, for what that's worth, uh, Mike, I'm going to flip here and see. It's heads. All right, yeah, going with the orange. Uh, there it is. Now, wait, wait, wait. Hold on one second. Do you mm-hmm. like Syracuse anyway? Point I think I do. Side? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Um, I think that on a neutral field, Wake Forest is probably a better team. Um, but I don't think that the difference is drastic enough to offset playing in a weird spot that is the Carrier Dome. Um, Syracuse generally does play well at home. And I think in a lot of cases covers the spread at home, even against, you know, and pretty intimidating opponents. Um, Wake has been solid. And I think is one of the better, you know, top top half of the ACC kind of teams. But this is one maybe where there's a little bit of a, uh, you know, maybe something of a letdown coming off of a Notre Dame game. Uh, maybe a little bit of a look ahead going to uh, taking on NC State next weekend. This is their last road game of the year. Um, Syracuse coming off two straight losses, coming home after a couple of road trips. Um as you mentioned, Eric Dungy has been excellent. Um, I, I'm concerned about what the Wake defense might do to him, um, if they can cover Steve Ishmael and some of those guys on the outside. But at the same time, I, I think I feel comfortable picking Syracuse in what is effectively a pick um to win this game at home. It might not be by a wide margin. It might be pretty high scoring, too. Um, Wake's defense is secretly degrading a little bit. Um it's now down outside the top 40 in defensive S&P Plus, and uh, their offense has actually taken over inside the top 40 in S&P Plus. Um, so I think this is a little bit of a shootout, Mike. Uh, the total here is 63. I would lean over in that. I think I like the over there as well. Yeah, that. I mean, that's suggesting like a 32-31 kind of game. Um, I think this is higher scoring than that. Give me the orange to win and cover here not a big spread but let's go like 42 38 something like that uh i think this goes over and um yeah i think without even without the coin this is probably what i'm picking here so let's go let's go with the orange i like it i like it move on all right yeah let's move on uh this is running pretty long mike uh two more all good this two has been more, fun so far mike and this is um this is one that I'm, I'm curious about. Okay, so the Virginia Cavaliers are coming off of, you know, a big win over my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets in a frustrating game. They're on the road against my Louisville Cardinals, who are an 11.5-point home favorite at 3.30 p.m. on ESPNU. And, Mike, before we do anything here, I'm going to double-check and make sure this spread is right because I'm not sure there's damn near anybody that Louisville should be a double-digit favorite against right now with what they've been doing. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Coming off Um, a bye week, though. Yeah. I mean, there's that. Still Um, uh, still not, by the way. I mean, like, still shouldn't be a double-digit dog or favorite. Double-digit dog, I think you could actually make a better argument for it. Yeah. (laughs) A double-digit favorite, quite honestly. Mike, this game opened at 10 and has gone to 11.5. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, that's absurd. People love Lamar Jackson. Should I... You want me to flip first? Should I flip first here? Yeah, go for it. All right, I'll, let's let me let's flip see here. how you defend the Louisville pick. Oh, good lord! 
and it's tails. Damn it, Mike. Yes. Unbelievable. Um, put it on the board. Virginia. Um, I got no idea if they win this game outright, but I think they certainly cover. So let's put that on. Let's put that down. I think Virginia covers here. Um, like, okay. Virginia has been very inconsistent. Louisville's also been inconsistent. Louisville's got the best player on either team in Lamar Jackson. That's probably enough to get the job done. But Virginia as an underdog, there's plenty of reasons to like them to cover here. Um, obviously, they figured out how to run the ball again last week. Uh, ben Kurt threw it okay. Uh, the defense made enough plays. Louisville's got a bad offensive line. Virginia's got a pretty decent front seven, I think we'd say. Uh, the defensive line is very, very good. So um, they have at least that going for them. Um, and, of course, they got Micah Kaiser at linebacker as well. So I like Virginia here to cover. Louisville probably makes enough plays to win. But, hey, man, I came up with tails. I can defend Virginia covering this spot. Oh, I think so. I, I definitely could. Um Mike, for what it's worth, Louisville is not really playing with a home field advantage this year. Um, between the, the, the Tom Jurich, Rich, Rick Patino situation, there's a lot of turmoil in the athletic department. There's a lot of fans that are very unhappy with the program, fans that are unhappy with what Louisville is doing a year after they were, you know, 9-1 and one at one point late in the year. Um, so they're not really getting a whole ton of fan support. They haven't played well at home. Their last game at home was when they lost – uh, 45-42 to Boston College. Um, so Louisville at home does not should not really be giving them a whole lot in the way of a, a, a boost in the point spread. But just throwing that out there, I'm going to flip this coin and let's find out. Damn it, Mike. Is that heads? It's heads. Oh, boy. You got to defend your team. Okay, yes. I'm going to defend my Cardinals as I have not really done all year, nor have they really deserved all year. I actually can't remember the last time you picked them in a game, <laughs> quite honestly. Like, yeah, I don't think you've picked them in a really long time. I do not. I do not like much of anything I've seen from Louisville this year. Um, okay, so Virginia, reading their own press clippings, will say after a bit of a fluke win over Georgia Tech last week. Um, fluke win or bowl eligibility win? Uh, uh, no los dos. Sorry, buddy. Nice. A little Spanish on the podcast. Yeah. Right, continue referencing a what was that like a commercial at one point or whatever okay um virginia lost games in a row against boston college and pittsburgh where they faced a dynamic rushing force uh aj Dillon in boston college and darren hall at pittsburgh uh they're now going to see lamar jackson who leads the country in uh, total offense by a quite comfortable margin and again, they were off last week, and I think he still leads by several hundred yards, Mike. So for what that's worth, um, Virginia's offense has been inconsistent. And even against you know a, a beat-up Georgia Tech defense last week, you know they made plays when they had to, but they were not all that consistent throughout the game. I think maybe Louisville can force some turnovers. Mike, I'm I'm literally making this pick because the coin said to. Um, I'm, so I guess we go with that's Louisville. what you're supposed to do, buddy. Yeah, that's them's the rules. Uh, I guess we go with Louisville to cover. Although when we get to ACC picks of the week here in a moment, I might 
be going the other direction. So uh, stay tuned. Flip flop. Flip flop. Yeah. One more game um, here. However, yeah, the coin does not uh, does not get to play into uh, ACC picks of the week for what that's worth. Uh, Mike, Good. I, I don't need the coin flip determining what money I put on what games. Yeah. There you go. Mike, last game at noon on everybody's favorite TV channel, the CBS Sports Network. Uh, the Duke Blue Devils, a three-point road favorite in West Point against the Army Black Knights. No way. This doesn't get weird. Yeah. Also, weird spread here, too. I almost kind of halfway expected Army to be favored here. Um, yeah, that's a surprise to me as well. Duke has not been good lately. Um Fine, I'll go first on this one, last one, and we'll see what we come yeah. out with. Here we go. Do we got heads or tails here? Heads or tails? Tails. We're going army, oh, going the knights. Like it. Yeah, nice. Nice. Absolutely. Uh okay, yeah. Absolutely. Give me hey, give me army to win this thing outright. Um Duke scheduled this game originally as like a tune up game before they go play Georgia Tech next week. They want to get ready for the option and all that whole thing. Yeah, this might have been a mistake, Mike, because Army not your daddy's army team that wasn't very good. Um, Should have scheduled Georgia Tech as the tune-up. Whoa. whoa yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, buddy. Hey, now. Hey, hey, hey. It is hate week. That's fine. You can say stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah, You're exactly. Uh, Mike, army not a bad team. Um, Jeff Munkin really building something there in West Point. They have been pretty good this year. They're 7-2. and two. They played teams better than Duke this year. Um I, I don't think it's a bad thing to, at all to suggest that Army might just win this thing outright. Um, the Blue Devils have not been good lately. Daniel Jones is not living up to the hype uh, we kind of expected from him. Um, I You know, Army's just a good football team, and that's all it is. And they're playing at home, and they just shut out Air Force on the road. That's not an easy accomplishment by any stretch. Um Army's losses this year, Ohio State, and a sneaky good Tulane team. Other than that, they've beaten up on a whole lot of uh, maybe borderline average G5 teams, which is not really a ringing endorsement. But yeah. uh, wins the last two weeks against Temple and on the road shutting out the Air Force Academy, which is, again, not a uh, <laughs> no small feat for any stretch of the imagination. I think that was the first time that Air Force has been shut out at home since like '82 or something like that. I mean, it's been a long time. So, yep. Um, yeah, sure. Give me Army to win outright here at home against Duke, and the Blue Devils start to question their scheduling methods as they try to prepare for Georgia Tech the next week. Was it was it Army or Air Force that didn't attempt to pass in that game? By the it way, it was Army. Yeah. Army did not throw a pass, and they won by three touchdowns. For the on first the road. time since like what 2012 Army <laughs> or something like that. I think yeah. it was like 2011 or 2012 Army or like one of the service academies. It was either Army or Air Force actually. Um, but I found that pretty humorous. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, please be tails. I've been influencing this coin. I'm like praying that's one thing or the other. This entire podcast. Um, oh, what do you know? It's tails. Damn it, Mike. There it is. You keep getting everything you want. I'm I know. having to it's, make nonsense up for some of these. Yeah. I'd say beginner's luck, but I'm 41-30-2 against the spread in our picks this year on Ugh. ACC games. So, you know. Thanks for the reminder. Don't, yeah. So, don't call it an upset. <laughs> um, but I will be calling this an upset. Give me Army over Duke for all the reasons you just mentioned. I'll keep it short and sweet. I think Army's been the more consistent football team. 
Um, I'm not sure Duke is going to be all that prepared for the option. Uh, Army's been extremely proficient at it all year. Uh, it will be a tune-up game of sorts for Georgia Tech. The problem is I think Army is every bit as good at running the option as Georgia Tech is. And I think Army, quite honestly, is one of those teams that, you know, you don't really expect to be that good, and then they get you. Um, like you mentioned, they're 7-2 and two this year. Obviously, they don't play in a tough conference. means nothing to me. I think Army's a good football team. I think they come out with a win here. I think they're well-coached. Everything you said about Jeff Mockin is true. Um, so, yeah, give me the Black Knights here to beat Duke in a weird, weird, weird game. Noon on the CBS Sports Network. Hell yeah, let's do that. Okay, Mike, last thing, ACC Picks of the Week. And so to recap, just because there are kind of some uh, back-and-forth strange picks here at times, I've got Georgia Tech to win over Virginia Tech, UNC to cover against Pittsburgh, North Notre Dame to cover against Miami, NC State to cover against Boston College, Florida State, Syracuse, Louisville, and Army uh, to cover in their games. Yep. And Army to win outright for what it's worth. You've got Virginia Tech, Pitt, Notre Dame, Boston College, Florida State, Syracuse, UVA all to cover, and Army to win outright as well. Uh, so some differences. We will see how uh, how luck favored us this week. We are literally all coin. tossing coins um, because we don't really know what the hell is going to happen in any of these games. However, now we are being asked to uh, make a pick of the week. Mike, I'm on a hot streak. I was pretty down on my luck a few weeks ago and I've been picking totals and it's been going really well. Um, I should probably stick to what I know here and continue with that. And I feel weird about picking in this game, Mike, but in the tech mobile 50 points sounds like a lot. Um, especially a Virginia Tech team that has struggled to run the ball and that their quarterback might be a little beat up. And Georgia Tech generally has struggled moving the ball against the Hokies in, in, uh, in the past. Um, last year's game was a shocker to me that Georgia Tech won 30-20. to 20, Total was 50. I don't think that this is going to be some barn burner, you know, high-scoring kind of game. Give me the under... Under 50, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech. Lock that up, Mike. Lock it up. I like it. I like mm-hmm. it. I think that's under 50 as well. I think it's a good pick. Um, so, uh, because of the whole coin flipping situation, I had to pick Boston College to win and cover against NC State. And I didn't like that at all. I wasn't a fan. Because I think NC State wins and covers this game in a runaway. Um, like 10 to 14 points, I think, is a pretty safe spread for NC State in this football game. They have a great defense. Um, they'll figure things out through the air. I think Ryan Finley will be able to make enough plays to put points on the board. And I, I just don't trust BC. I don't. Um, I think a lot of their offense has been fool's gold. They still can't throw. A.J. Dillon's run the ball well. Um, NC State, I think, is a team that's capable of stopping that. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned in my in my coin-induced BC wins rant uh, that, you know, A.J. Dillon is going to run the ball well against NC State. In reality, I think NC State should have a pretty decent time stopping the run against Boston College. Just because you give up a lot of yards to Notre Dame doesn't mean you're going to give up a lot of yards to B.C., 
Um, so give me NC State to win and cover here. Uh, I like the Wolfpack here on the road. Fair. I like it. I'm a little wary of you trusting NC State coming off of a couple of losses and freshly eliminated in the Atlantic Division against the up- perennially underrated Boston yeah. College. However. Yeah. But the other option is trusting Boston College and Scott Leffler. And I'm a hokey, Joey. And I'm not going to trust Scott Leffler. <laughs> so we'll just leave it My- at that. Mike, your money tonight trusted Scott Leffler. Oh, good Lord. Uh, yeah, so I don't want to get our sponsors in trouble, you know, like we have sponsors. <laughs> I want to get our sponsors in trouble, so I won't talk bad about Scott Leffler anymore. Fair. Mike, this has been a long podcast. We had a lot of games this week. This has been the we most did. games we've had in a while. Yeah, but and we did a lot of shenanigans as well, like flipping coins. But mm-hmm. I think this was good. I think this was an effective way to pick games, right? And if it wasn't, it well, we tried you know, there's no guarantee we would have done better if we hadn't flipped coins. I mean, Mike, I haven't been flipping coins the last few weeks. My picks have been trashed. This can't possibly make it any worse, I feel like. So uh, maybe with any sort of luck, I might approach 50% correct. We'll see. And then if you don't, I mean, then maybe we'll just go back to picking without the coins. Or maybe we'll just stop picking for everybody's benefit. Or just, yeah, or just stop picking, yeah. Well, that's the other option, but that would make this a lot less fun. However, I am on a hot streak on the picks of the week, so if you uh, if you want to tell me on that, Georgia Tech Virginia Tech under fifty, I think that's a good bet. You're on a hot streak, Joey, and you're also on Twitter. How about that for a segue? I am on Twitter. Boom, Mike. That was professional radio segue right there. Yes, we are on Twitter. You guys can find us there. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel ACC, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. You could also send us an email to the longest email address, no demand, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. You nailed it, buddy. Hell yeah. Uh, you could find us on iTunes, on Google Play, on SoundCloud, on the Overcast app, not on Spotify, not on Stitcher, and potentially or not potentially in other places. I'm not really sure. Um, Mike, where else can they find us on the social medias? They can find us at facebook.com slash basketballconference. Like I always say, rate, review, find all of our podcasts there. And then also go on iTunes and Google Play and rate and review us there as well. Um, and then I'll have to do a better job of like posting our podcast to Facebook. I realized this morning as we record here Tuesday night that I had not put up our Week 10 recap yet. Uh, on the Facebook page. So my bad. I'll be better at that. But you can find all of our podcasts there, so go out and check that out. Absolutely. Please do. And, yeah, please rate and review and do all those cool things. That is much appreciated and very, very helpful. Uh, Mike, anything else before we get out of here? I think an hour and 15 minutes later, I think we've covered all our bases here. I think it's been sufficient. I just want to remind you, first of all, that um, Georgia Tech is still the real tech after having won last year. So we will Whatever. see. Whatever. We will see if that streak continues. Go Hokies. Saturday at 1220 in the ACC Network. Go Jackets. Uh, what's a hokey? Something about a castrated turkey or something like that. Anyways. Oh, my God. Well, find us on the social media. Joey and I will be tweeting at each other during the game for comedic effect. Because Absolutely. I don't think either of us feel very confident about this game, so let's just go out there and see what happens. Like, we're going to play. Like, go out there and see I'm, what happens. Yeah, I'm totally down getting, like, a neutral observer to run the at BC Podcast ACC account during that game, too, by the way. So if you're interested Andrew in that, Parker? hey. Send us an email. Yeah, Andrew Parker or anybody else, send us yeah. an email at BC Podcast ACC. Might be yours for a few hours during that game yep. uh, as Mike and I are bickering on Twitter. But in any case, Mike, this has been fun. Let's come back and recap these games this weekend. Yeah, buddy, absolutely. Yeah, I had to, 
I use the inflection to turn it into a question. This has been all right. We need to get out of here, Mike. This has been fun. We'll talk soon. Uh, and until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the games this weekend and go Jackets. And until next time, go ACC. Go ACC.